Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu/podcast What's up Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. And you know what? Happy summer vacation. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Alex Cross and I'm here with Mr. Casey Clapp, man of the world. That's me. That's me. Don't find me anywhere but inside this here world. Am I ever going to go to space? Have you ever asked yourself, how did I get here? I have. And I've also asked myself, where are my beautiful wives <laughs> and kids? Where are my beautiful wives? It turns out that uh, David Byrne's a polygamist. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought? Have you watched that, uh, that old film? Of the Talking Heads in concert. Oh no, I haven't. Uh, God, it's so yeah. good. Case. Is it really? Is yeah. that good? That's actually how I got into Talking Heads. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Despite having one myself. Yeah, you you weren't into it. You're like, yeah, it's not my thing. No, I was yeah, gonna yeah. chop it off. Someone told me not to. Yeah. Hey, really good idea. Now look at us, Talking Heads. A doctor recommended not to cut <laughs> my head off. <laughs> your prescription is keep your head on your shoulders. How gruesome. Yeah, maybe good topic to uh, to discuss sometime. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should heads stay on or off? The kids are calling it neck chopping. <laughs> it's the newest TikTok trend. Oh, uh, you know what? There's some curmudgeonly person who's like, "Yeah, I'd love to see that trend." Yeah, just some some kids who are doing something stupid. They think it's a real thing. Yeah. Ooh, this is this is something that would be funny on like a, a TV show where there's no there's no actual stakes. I don't want to have to clean up that video. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Let's move on. Anyway, Casey, here we are. It is July. Happy July. Happy July to you as well. And we have decided to take a little trip. That's right. It's actually going to be a long trip. Mm. Yeah, we got ways to go. This is a month long trip. And what we're talking about here is our summer vacation. That's right. Everyone's got their uh, their sunscreen on their noses. Oh, yes. We got, our, we got our big glasses that you can flip up so that you can see, yeah. you know, if there's no shade and just flip them down if you got to have your, your shades on. Straw hat. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, Straw in the mouth. Beach babes. Yeah, exactly. We got a, a, a Hawaiian shirt. And this month, Casey, yeah. we're traveling around the globe and talking about four trees. And by trees, I mean... Four specific specimens. That's exactly right. So it is a tree and a species, the individual, but also the at-large population. That's right, Casey. Now, are you going to share with our lovely listeners which of these trees we are covering? Throughout the whole month. Yeah. 
Sure. All right, here we go, everyone. Number one today, Arbol del Tule. <laughs> the Montezuma Cypress. Very French pronunciation of it. Yeah, you. well, it is. It's a French It's a French term, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Down in Mexico, right? Uh, yeah. Excellent. Thank you for that. And then we have the cotton tree of Freetown. Oh, a lamentable thing. We'll tell you why later. And but... here, in, here in our subject column under that tree, Casey. Yeah. It just says the history of it. The history of it. Now, <laughs> now that's not a very explicit direction. Yeah. Creatively. We're going to wing it. Yeah. It's going to be great. After that case. After that, we're doing the Avenue of the Baobabs, which is in wow. Dissonia Granditerii. We're finally talking about the Baobabs. Yeah, and what is the subject on that one? The subject on that one is, how the hell do these trees work? Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited. And last, but certainly not least, is the Jaya Sri Mahadbodhi. That's I think that's right. how I say that. That sounds good. I thought that was good. Uh, which is a ficus. It exactly is, a ficus religiosa. And wow. guess what we're going to be talking about? The Life Italiano, the Ficus Religiosa. The history of it. The pizza pie. <laughs> All right, the everyone. Sri Lankan pizza pie. <laughs> we're just going to bring up this tree, pivot real hard to tomato sauce and who invented the pizza. Hey, that sounds like a fun discussion. I think it would be a good one, but we're going to skip that. But that's what July is all about. It's going to be great. We're moving across the world and talking about four famous trees. Exactly. Casey. Alex Carson. Our first one is the Montezuma Cypress, that but is. we got to take a quick break before we get into it. Take a second. And we have a lot to get into today, Casey. Take a breath, everyone. Wow. There's actually something I haven't told anyone about this, and it's going to blow your socks off. Holy shit. Yeah. What a cliffhanger. We'll find out after the break, everybody. We'll be right back with Completely Arbitrary's Summer Vacation. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Casey, this is our first stop on our, I keep wanting to say world tour, on our summer vacation. Yeah, summer vacation. It happens to be across the world, though. Yes. So you're not wrong. Originally. Just, you know, named it differently. I think we had played with the idea of doing an American vacation. Yes. This was explicitly based on the hit uh, series of uh, cinematic films. Vacation. Vacation. Yes. Was that what it's called? Uh-huh. It was just called Vacation? National Lampoon's Vacation. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, there's a bunch of more words to it, isn't there? <laughs> the logo is big. Yeah. National Lampoon. So you know anything about that company? Like that yeah. production? Actually, I do. I know quite a bit about it, yeah. You know they're still making movies, right? Yes. They're uh, awful. Yeah. Like, you know, the really, quality, really bad. The quality's gone down. They made some of the best comedies to ever exist, and yeah. then... 
the founder died. Oh. And it was taken over, and the rest is history. And it's like, you've never heard of them. They're like straight to DVD. Yeah. And everyone's like, wait, wait, what is a DVD? And they're still on there. Uh, They're in the bargain bin at Walmart. (laughs) Five movies for 10 bucks. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Half price. Yeah. Yeah, Well, they actually started as a, it started as like a college publication. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And they wrote this book. They wrote this Lord of the Rings parody called The Board of the Rings. Oh. And, And then they graduated from Harvard and they started this. It was a magazine for a long time. Graduated from Harvard. Yeah. They had the the classic, my favorite cover of theirs on their magazine uh-huh. before they started making movies was um, a dog looking quite scared and a guy pointing a gun at its head <laughs> and it says, buy this magazine or we'll kill this dog. <laughs> That's awful. It's pretty funny. Buy this magazine or we'll kill this dog. <laughs> Killing the dog isn't funny, but you understand. Yeah, it's funny because it's a, it's a picture. So the, you The know. stakes are so high. Yeah. yeah. You, you buy it thinking that you just saved that dog's life. Yeah. <laughs> That's clever. And if you don't buy it, his blood's on your hands. His blood's on your hands. You know it. <laughs> Casey, this week's tree that we're talking about, <laughs> we are headed to Mexico. We are. Oaxaca, Mexico. Oaxaca, Mexico. Specifically. And we're talking about the Arbol de Tule, which right. is a Montezuma Cypress. Exactly. Ta- now, Taxodium micronatum? Mucronatum. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a typo. Yes, yes. It is a U. Mucra. Mucronatum. Mucronatum. Yeah. Now, do you recall that there were two different varieties of the bald cypress? I do remember this, yes. yes it's like the pond cypress and then the, the, the normal bald cypress. Mm-hmm. So those are really just the same species with a couple different like small things. Maybe you can call them varieties, but yeah. they also still interbreed. So they're like, nah, this is just the same species. And if I recall, there was some sort of national sort of uh, competition going on here. Well, not so much competition, but there is this third taxon we'll say this third thing which is the taxodium mucronatum mm-hmm. so that is the 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 state or the national tree of mexico yes that is the tree we're talking about today if we were to be in a uh, a very strict sense talking about one species of tree we've technically already covered this tree wow because they're just one species but what you're talking about is in Mexico, it's like such a huge point of pride for them. Mm-hmm. and has been for at least hundreds of years, but probably thousands before that. And it's, it's such a part of their culture that the scientists, the taxonomists, are hesitant to say, what? We need to take this and, and make it into two different species, 100%, or one species, 100%. They're kind of like... You know what? Let's just leave it at these two species and not worry about it. Right. Because they would essentially be saying, hey, Mexico national tree, it's actually not a different tree than anything else. This is culturally a special tree for you, but scientifically, it's the same tree that is just a normal run of the mill, find it in the United States and everywhere else tree. It's better for everyone to split this. Which is so funny to me. I know. This is the only time I've ever seen that. I want like a Godzilla style movie, just like groups of men in rooms from around the world yeah. like discussing this and sending telegraphs and then being like at the end of it like you know what let's just burn all the telegraphs we don't we're not going to change this <laughs> like some big political entity is yes. just like yeah you're not going to do that well casey 
usually I will say, let's imagine that you and I are walking, and then I'll say, oh, say this kind of place. Yeah, you do say that, yeah. But I'm going to be a lot more specific today okay. because we are talking about a specific tree. We are. So let's imagine that you and I are walking in the church grounds. Ah, in the town center of Santa Maria del Tule. Yes. In in Oaxaca. <sighs> and there we are. We see the Montezuma cypress. Yeah. We only see the Montezuma cypress. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing else that could possibly draw our attention. Perhaps the beautiful architecture. Casey, let's ID este árbol. Oh <laughs> wow! Este árbol. I couldn't say it with a straight face. Sorry. Alex, I'm glad you asked. How to identify this tree. Yes. You already know how to identify this tree. There's a placard on it. We already got it done. <laughs> Actually, no, not, you mean like on this, they just put a thing on yeah. it? Yeah. Hey, here's this tree. They have not. There's no placard. There's mm, no, good. I don't, I don't think they've uh, put anything into this tree. Potentially a little a little stand next to it that says, this is the... Yeah, yeah, right. I think they have that. Probably. For sure. I would think so. Um, so this is, uh, this is a species of tree that grows in central and... Uh, southern Mexico. You won't find it growing anywhere north into the United States. So this is one of the reasons that they're like, this is potentially a different species or at least a different variety. Maybe varieties as much as we can say because all the other things are like, yeah, this is the same species as this one up here, but there are some differences. So first, the needles. Mm. We have a beautiful deciduous conifer. Oh, yes. I forgot about this. Yeah. Cool. Now, it's deciduous, though, in a uh, in the same way that the Palo Verde is deciduous. It's drought deciduous. Oh. It happens just so that sometimes that drought deciduousness happens during the fall, so it appears to be normal deciduous, if you will allow me the term. But but drought, we'll call it vanilla deciduous. Yes, thank you. But drought deciduousness is not necessarily linked to seasonality. Correct. Only that the seasons sometimes overlap in terms of the fall. Right. So yeah, it's more it's more the seasonality is based on the wet and dry season. Right. Not necessarily the time of year in a strict sense. I understand. So this is... Uh, the, the big difference that you'll see in the leaves is that the leaves, uh, I should note, they're, uh, they're actually on little twiglets, little branchlets. Oh. So the leaves come out, and the whole deciduousness is actually, the proper term is cladopsis, or <sighs> what I think should be cladopsish. Cladopsis. Yeah. That's great. So I, I learned this. I, I was reading through and um, redwoods and a couple other species of tree, um, their needles themselves don't fall off, but they have branchlets that are deciduous. The Don Redwood is a perfect example. Yes. So is our bald cypress and our Montezuma cypress. So what we're saying is that instead of the needles falling off, like leaves falling from a tree, yeah. this would be like the entire twig with all the needles on it falls off. Correct. Yes. At a little at a little like uh, contact point with the stem. Yeah, and it has that little abscension spot. Yeah, yes. yeah, where it abscises off the off the branch is a technical term. Okay. So yeah, it's exactly right. Also, the um, uh, the monkey puzzle does this, and so does the oh. Wulamai pine. So this is uh, it was a really cool thing. So yeah, it's called Clados or Cladopsis, which is uh, Latin for clad, uh, which is like clade, like yes. you know branches. Oh yeah, and then. Um, the P, silent P, tosis, which means uh, to fall off. Okay. Or falling. 
Sure. So branch uh, fall. Yeah, it's branch fall. It's exactly what it is. Branch fall. I forget how Skyfall theme song goes. Oh, I don't watch James Bond movies. Skyfall. But. You're thinking uh, um, a different thing entirely. No. Uh, Skyfall. That's Skyfall. Yeah. Skyfall is the name of a James Bond movie. Yes, I know that. Mm-hmm. It's one of the newer ones. I was kind of singing to the t- the tune of the Love Boat accidentally. Oh, okay, that's all right. This is that's all right. Yeah. I think that'd be a good parody. It could probably work. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll put that in the workshop <laughs> you know, section. And if it doesn't, just make it work anyway. Just make it work anyway. Put it out there. See what happens. That's how good comedy happens. Yeah. Uh, so those are the, so the leaves, they come out and they are either linear needle-like leaves, like a normal kind of redwood, like a sequoia or dawn redwood, mm-hmm. or they're much more needle-like, but also kind of all-like and they aim forward and down the stem. Oh. So they look more like what a giant sequoia would look like where it has these more sharper pointed needles that don't look like flat splayed two ring needles at all. Interesting. That is the same thing between all bald cypresses uh, or anything. Let's just say that's called taxodium. We'll and, go with that. And they're quite soft. Yes. Yeah, very soft. Look like feathery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Feathery is a perfect term. Isn't there a term that's feather like? Well, pinnate is is that, but that's a uh, mm. that is. I oh, think what yeah. you're discussing is more of a textural comparison to feathers as a as opposed to a more technical comparison to the anatomy of a feather. Right, feather. Great feather. Feather. So this is, uh, you know, if you were walking around and you know what a bald cypress looks like, you'd find a Montezuma cypress and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a bald cypress. They look exactly the same. I see. His bark is uh, the same kind of uh, orangish brown, not very thickly furrowed, but kind of gets these little fibrous looking ridges. It has the same kind of cone. It's actually a little bit smaller, kind of breaks up when it gets really uh, tough, but it looks like a little tiny kind of misshapen marble, I would describe. And Hmm. it also gets huge, like huge. This is, I think this in, in terms of diameter, specifically the Arbol de Tule. Yeah is the biggest tree I've seen pictures of. Yes. Well, yes. I think that's a very fair description. There is one photo yeah. circulating. Mm-hmm. You can find it. On the news outlets <laughs> um, of the Arbol de Tule. Yeah. And what appear to be like a classroom's worth of school children. <laughs> yeah. Arm, arm to arm, stretching the entire diameter of this thing. Yeah. It, it, it is monstrously big it's beautiful i is love it that one tree is that a single stem well so this is kind of the thing specifically the biggest tree the one we're talking about is this arbel del, is the tule cypress is what they call it in english the mm. arbel del tule arbol del tule man i suck at saying that it's another <laughs> it's just like there's too many l's where my brain is like why is there an l here maybe Should you be could, an r maybe you could call it the um arbol the That's arbol so weird arbol i don't know why but my brain hates that Interesting. Well, it's it potentially is because the accent is on the first syllable, arbol. Arbol. All right. Maybe that's it. Because usually like arbor, arbor. Right. God, I hate language. Oh, Casey, that's you don't mean that. I don't. I don't mean that. So, um, so our tree that we're talking about. Yes. It is uh the biggest tree in terms of diameter of all trees. Period. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's what we're talking about. Hell yeah. Now, to answer your question, is it multiple trees? 
No, genetically, it's the same tree. Yeah. But people have thought that this might be three individual stems that grew up together and then just all three got big, so now they just look like one big, giant tree. It's kind of got that vibe. Yeah, right? And so there's no real way to prove it. No one has actually found that there is like some split where the bark of one is mashed against the bark of another, Mm. and you can say, aha, there are two trees. But it's also like a spiritually revered tree. Yeah, maybe so, just... Exactly. One of my favorite books, Remarkable Trees of the World, mm-hmm. uh, he notes specifically that, well, if if God can be three things at once, the, uh, the, <laughs> the what is it? The, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yes. Then he's like, why can't this tree? And it is also in a Catholic church ground. So there's all sorts of nice symbolism there. Interesting. Yeah, that's one of those things that's just like, just leave it. Just yeah. let it be. It, I am 100% with you. Yeah. So let me give you some quick stats. So if you look at this tree and you look at the base, and if you go to the gymnosperm database, my favorite database. The best one. There are some really cool pictures that show this ahuente, and it shows the outside of the base of the tree. I'll show you here. Okay, Casey's Weeow. flipping his computer. Can you zoom in on that, Case? I cannot. That's Command zoomed plus. It... Oh, God, what? <laughs> Casey's plus. learning new things today. Wow! Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, that that is the sort of, um, that's the sort of perimeter yes. map. Yes, so imagine, and please, just imagine, you cut this tree down oh at ground level. Don't even joke. Perfectly flat. <laughs> Alex, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, seven blessings right now. Go in front of your mirror. We don't want to get smited. I did the, I did the head the yeah. head heart thing. So, what um, is that called? I don't know. Uh, is that called seven blessings? I don't know what it is. Head, heart, watch, and wallet. Yeah, that's what it is. Or if you're uh, um, uh, Austin Powers, he says, spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch. So that was funny. So, Oh, Austin. <laughs> So what this shows is an outline. It looks like a blob. Like it looks like, you know, some blob that you'd see like a splat on a cartoon or a a comic book or something. Yeah. And it is essentially the outline of the tree is if you just took a marker and outlined it all the way at the ground and then looked at that and said, okay, if we were to take a measuring tape and go all the way around this tree at standard height, which is four and a half feet above ground, the diameter of this tree would be 38 feet. What? (laughs) <laughs> 38 feet. Jesus. Can you imagine that? Off the top of your head, do you know the Muffin Man? Uh, do I you do. know the diameter of like General Sherman or something? I do. What is it? Off the top of my head, it just so happens that General Sherman has a diameter of 27 feet fucking crushed by like 10 feet that's amazing but here is the here's the thing if you are looking again at that blob Mm -hmm. the blob kind of comes in and comes out because you know some spaces grew bigger so there's there would be a lot of space you go to general sherman that tape is on the side of general sherman all the way around the The diameter is more of a circle than this which is like a squiggly line precisely now if you had calculated that so if you take the area of that squiggly blob thing right and you just say what's the area then you say okay that area is this use that area to make a circle and then measure the diameter of that circle Mm -hmm. with the same area then it goes down to about 30 feet okay so it's still quite a bit bigger than the uh, General Sherman tree, but it's not 
gigantically bigger than the Boule tree, which is in Kings Canyon, another sequoia that hmm. is 29.5 feet diameter. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give the kind of arbitrary certificate of authenticity yeah. to the Montezuma Cypress. I think to you the should. Arbol no matter how you calculate it, yeah. it's still the biggest tree in diameter yeah. of all the trees. Yeah. It's simply massive. It is wildly big. It, 38 it, feet. It looks it looks like it's not a tree. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, it looks like a wall. We know yeah, exactly, Casey. Like we know what a tree looks like. Yeah. And this just doesn't look like a tree. It doesn't. It's too big. I, I'm so happy you said that, Alex. Logically it's too big to be a tree. Yeah. It's too big around. It doesn't grow very high though. The tallest of all of them mm. is like 124 feet. Oh. That's it. So when you're thinking about what's the biggest tree, and we talk about this all the time, we're like the tallest, the biggest, the the widest. So there are the trees that have the biggest diameter, which would be our Arbel del Tule. Mm. There are trees that have the largest volume, which is General Sherman. Sure. But General Sherman is 272 feet tall. So it's literally another 100 feet higher or another 150 feet higher than the tree that we're talking about. Right. It's it's a you can't really compare yeah, the two. You can't really. So it's it's one of those things where it's like okay, the, there there's no tree that's going to take even a candle to General Sherman for the size of the volume, but there's if you go up 5 meters to the Tule tree where the branches start to come out, it's still comparable to the largest of all the trees that we know in the world. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's got it going on. It's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. It's it's, uh, it's almost like a fantasy tree. I mean, it very much looks like it's out of a, oh, a, a fairy yeah. tale. It fucking totally is. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no question that this tree is like, what? Yeah. It's shocking. It is. Now, so the fun thing about this tree in terms of its, like, life history is the Montezuma cypress has been planted and grown in central Mexico for as long as it has existed as a piece of land. Hmm. And when people first came over here and the Aztecs started messing around and planting trees, they actually, and this blew my mind, how much do you know about Mexico City? I know that it's built on top of the um, another city, the yes. ruins of Tenochtitlan. Is that uh, it? No, this or would be Texcoco, I believe is Texcoco. what it is. Okay. The ruins so, of the Aztec capital. Yes, exactly. So that is Mexico City is on that. And it's right. named Mexico is named after the Mexica people who were there to begin with. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, there's like Mexicans and Aztec, or Mexica Aztecs. They're like call it kind of all one. Okay. But I'm not sure like... There, there's some history with like which names were chosen and which names were colonization kind of names they gave to these people and mm. which ones were oh you're our friend so this is what you get so I didn't look too far into that because Alex you have taught me Casey stay on track rather than diving into let's give a, a quick history of, uh, of Mexico <laughs> and I think that's okay this okay. this episode <laughs> of this podcast doesn't need to contain that information I appreciate that yeah. uh, that. Uh, you saying that of course so it is lake texcoco is what it used to be okay and that is where the uh the actual cities the first the aztec capital now the capital of mexico the modern state nation mm -hmm. in this lake has been kind of reclaimed over history using these trees reclaimed yeah so this is something i thought was very curious and i read this again on the uh the conifer database and 
essentially they would take the Montezuma Cypress and they would plant it like palisades uh, in the water. So like mm. go out a little bit into the water, plant these trees. They would grow up. And as they're growing, they would fill in the soil between the land and the trees. So the trees would essentially grow and create a palisade-like wall, and then they would put soil up and then get more farmland. Oh, wow. It's like a way to push their the borders of where they can grow. Yeah, and they would use the trees wow. as the means of like holding the soil in place and keeping the water at bay. And this is in Mexico City specifically? This, well, what is now Mexico City. Okay, but what was then Texcoco? Exactly. Is that how you say that? I think so, yeah. Well, it's T-E-X-C-O-C-O. But I think you're ultimately uh, right. That's the name of the lake, but the city was Tenochtitlan. So um, so again, yeah, so also I should I should rephrase that, yes, you're right, it is the city was Tenochtitlan on Lake Texcoco. Oh, okay. So, my bad. Well, that's... You know what, Casey? You're forgiven. The podcast regrets here. <laughs> so, here's the uh-uh, funny don't thing. Don't load me into this. Okay, no, no, no. This is just this on is you, Casey's Casey. Thing. This is mine. Casey regrets here. <laughs> Listen, we're both very sorry. <laughs> so, here's the, uh, the funny thing. That lake doesn't exist anymore. Right. They essentially drained it out of existence. Wow. But the Awawete, our tree has always grown in riparian areas or marshland areas is where you can find it now. Or I should say what used to be marshland because a lot of it has been drained or the hydrology has changed so much. The hydrology. Yeah, that there's the water doesn't come up to the surface or it's just underground or it's been, you know, moved so there's not water refilling the aquifers and all that. Like just the standard kind of humans come and change things. Now, is that a... Is that a human thing or does the tree have something to do with, you know, maybe the tree is really thirsty and yeah. sucks up a bunch of the water like eucalyptus? Yes, that is has something to do with it, surely. Okay. Because the biggest ones, of which there are many, if you go, I, I was in Mexico, I've been to this tree, the Arbel del tu, Arbol del Tul. I was going to ask you about this. Arbol del Tule. Yes. God dang it. You'll get it. I've been there. And I've stood right next to it. It's incredible. I can't like, even imagine. It, it is exactly as mind-blowing as you'd expect it would be. It's like a firehouse. It is. It's just like, can I, can I take a picture of it? Oh, I can't. You can't frame it. You have to get a, <laughs> a camera that sees so far because yeah. you can't even go back far enough because there's like buildings around it. You need like a skateboarder's wide-angle lens. Yeah, exactly. Got to go to fisheye and do something cool, do a kickflip, and then yeah. you can see the tree. <laughs> totally. So it's, um, if, but in just that area, you can see other giants like just over there, just over there, mm. just over there. Of Montezuma Cypress? Yeah. And okay. anywhere there's like a riparian area, as long as it hasn't been cut down, there's going to be a giant tree growing there. Interesting. And they grow only that big where there is a sustained, constant amount of water. Now, do you know what Aguahuete means in Nahuatl? Well, I do, but I'd be cheating to say it. Well, that's okay. Cheat to win, baby. Is it old man of the water? Yeah! yeah. Isn't that great? That's amazing. Yeah, there's I a lot of other so much. indigenous names, too, also for it. But this is the one that's sure. kind of most known. Yeah. Someone that's stuck. Yeah, exactly. That's very cool. Right? I it, just, I think it's, it's a great one. I will say, it certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Alex. 
So yeah, it, you'll always uh, find it growing in these kind of like these water prone areas. Cause most of this area is somewhat arid as you go down only when you get to the higher mountains or the like very far South area, do you start becoming more of a tropical kind of forested area? Okay. Most of the area that's kind of in the lowlands all the way down to Southern Mexico, a lot of it's arid really? more often than not. Yeah. I, I kind of thought it was more tropical. I guess Yucatan is, is more yeah. tropical. Yeah. But that's like way down yeah, in the very Southern down. aspect of it. Yeah. So as you are kind of going from like the aridness of Texas and New Mexico South, mm. you start seeing the Montezuma Cypress pop up. In these nice areas. There's one instance uh, that there's actually a spring that comes up through the roots of the tree. Wow. Like very, we talked about this with one other tree where water like sprouted from it. I think it was a, a hawthorn, I think, if I remember correctly. Really? Maybe, yeah, way back when. But it's like water was sprouting from the tree, so it became like this spiritual thing because they're like, yes, every now and then, maybe it wasn't a hawthorn. No. Somewhere recently, we've chatted about this. Was it the bald cypress? It was a... No, I don't remember what it was. And what is that, Casey? Um, That's a spring at the time. Is like uh, the water was... um, So in Mexico, it's just a spring, just waters coming up, welling up from the ground. So the the tree is just growing on top of yes, a spring. Okay. exactly. Okay. But in this other situation that we can't remember that we'll remember sometime, yeah. uh, that is like when the water uh, freezes, it stops, but then in the springtime, the water starts to, uh, all the ice melts, and then the water table rises, and then water comes out of this tree okay. from a hole, and then as the everything melts and goes away. So it's like a there's a, a hole, and the tree's on top of a spring, and so the tree literally just sprouts water. And it's very, wow. you know, it's a, how, how spiritual could that be? If you're walking around, there's this tree literally just dumping water out of it. It's akin to like a statue of Mother Mary crying. Yes, exactly. Like something yeah. important is happening here. Something <laughs> Call important. the Pope. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, so it's not necessarily anything that the tree is doing. It doesn't like suck up water so proficiently yeah. that it's creating a spring. It's no, just, but you assume that it's probably doing a significant amount of, of water uptake. It's probably right? very happy. Yeah. You think so and i should be careful there Mm. because last episode i made a big fucking deal out of this but it's probably it's probably oh come on let's think of a term healthy yes let's say it's it's healthy and satisfied (laughs) can you say satisfied instead of happy (laughs) now that tree's satisfied it's a slippery slope case it is so that is, uh, that's where you'll find this tree growing all the time. As opposed to the bald cypress that goes further north, the two populations do not touch each other. Okay. You don't find the bald cypress growing south enough, and you don't find the Montezuma cypress going north enough. So they've been separated for some time. So they don't have a, they don't have a, um, I guess like, that must have, been, must have been a very long time yeah, that yeah, they were yeah. separated. And they don't, uh, the Montezuma cypress does not make knees. And it does not grow in the kind of swamps where you see the knees kind of come up, where you have water that's saturated in the soils all the time. It's more riparian. Exactly. Which, for new listeners, riparian means sort of the area between the water and the land, not necessarily in the water. Yes, yeah. It's it's like the the transition zone between where water is, whether it's a stream or a lake or a river, and where there's upland where the water doesn't really have an effect. So it's that land that the water really has a huge impact on, but it's not because the water is constantly on it. Right. This is a tree that grows 
just on the sides. It just chills there, which is why when some people found it in old marshlands, they were kind of like, huh, that's weird. It shouldn't really be growing there because it almost never grows there. Mm. So a lot of these places, as we noted, used to be old marshlands where this tree was growing. That's where some water was. So then people came around those trees and then maybe that's where the only well was. And so they would put a church there, you know? Because this is the Spanish now coming. So they would then find all these places and turn them in from little villages into these kind of colonial outposts. Missions and stuff. Exactly, yeah. Um, so when they when the inhabitants of Tenochtitlan yeah. put these, like, expansions uh-huh. out, you know, was it like, oh, in, in 50 years, like, we need more room... Let's do it again. Probably, yeah. Can you move those trees? I mean, how does that work? No, honestly, I don't know. Uh, I'm not... I think that the trees just helped keep the land there, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they, the the root system keeps the side of the, the channel, the riparian area, kind of in place. Okay. So I don't think that they would use them and then like cut them down and kind of create this almost dock-like kind of thing right. where the water goes straight up to these trees and stops. Yeah. I think that the trees were planted there and they held the land back a little bit so that the land was stabilized. Okay. So they probably, I mean, if they did, they would maybe cut it down and kind of plant new trees further out and just keep doing that. Over time, they also would drain the water because there was just a lot of different issues that they were trying to deal with. They were expanding, all this kind of stuff. And that city was also uh, just a marvel. I'm sure it was. The way it was built. It sounds insane. I mean, I, <laughs> you responded like I've been there. No, well, to- no, I just, I just <laughs> like, Alex, yeah, tell us what it was like. I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I, I say I bet it was because I was I like, he doesn't mean you actually has been there. I understand. Kind of it was funny just if he was. Funny the tone that it sounded right. like well, I was a time traveler. You are a time traveler. Hey, it's been bonafide. We have it recorded. That's true, Casey. So, yeah. Anyway. Wow, you were there. I was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the layout of that city was amazing. So it doesn't surprise me that they had like a very innovative way of like uh, 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 planting these trees and like expanding their agricultural zone by yeah. a, a few meters. Right. So it's a it's a fascinating use of a tree. One yeah. of the most fascinating things I've ever really heard of, like to use a tree for this. I think maybe another one is using uh, banyan trees to make bridges in like Sri Lanka oh, and wow. um, the Southeast Asia, India kind of spaces. Really cool idea. Or I guess it's more like Laos and that kind of thing. So the root structure of the Montezuma cypress, is, yeah. it, is it very like hairy and thick yeah it's kind of fibrous you know it has a lot of little bits and mattedness so that it is able to get all the nutrients it ever needs but it's also very strong so they just kind of weave their way through everything would you call it willow like yeah i think i would yeah but it doesn't sprout the way willows do sure i just mean the roots the the uh the the kind of um what's it called it's the look of it no Mm. the habitat um Ah, uh, the habitat uh, value, the, yeah, yeah, the effect yeah. that it has. Sure. Yeah, I think you're Ecosystem spot on. service. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> I don't love that. Now, so Alex, earlier you made a comment. Wow. Your comment was, you can't even really call these things trees. What? I don't remember saying that. Yeah, you did. You said that. You said that. Do you know why you said that? I thought you meant when I when I commented on how, how much you were eating for breakfast. Oh, yeah. Sure is a, a lot. Alex. Wow. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I didn't say that. 
No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, no, I actually, I only ate lunch. You didn't see what I ate for breakfast. True. It's yogurt. Did I say that these aren't trees? No, you said you can. You, you they almost don't seem like trees. I yes, I said that. Be, it's so fantastical. Yeah, that it kind of breaks the mind, and you go, "That's not a tree, is it?" Yes, exactly. Now, so this is uh, a funny. Oh Jesus, this is a funny thing, Alex. I'm reading through here, and this is so. This is this is my favorite website. This gymnosperm is database. The gymnosperm database. They have a a note in here mm. that says, "Ah, yes." And now our final observation is that we can't really even call this a tree. What? To which I said, "I'm sorry. What? What is their reasoning, Governor? Their reasoning is that they're essentially there's no trunk. There's no trunk." The There's thing, no trunk? There is no trunk on these trees. This is probably a result from the, the open-grown habit, where you just have it kind of growing straight up and out. But there's no yeah. main stem with branches coming off. It's kind of like a canopy growing out of the ground. Yes, but like, and there's no like like central cylinder supporting a canopy of branches and leaves. Oh, wow. There's just this big block of like 30 feet of wood that then has these branches just kind of go blip. Is that not the trunk? I, I, that, I, that, it should be. You, you, you know how in like in high school you do like debate and yeah. they would like tell you what opinion you're going to have during the debate? Yeah. Now, Casey, you're anti-abortion. Okay. And then, Even if you, Casey, are pro, yes. pro-choice. You just have to make that argument. You just have to pretend, I guess. Yeah. So let's say, Casey, that your stance here is you agree with the gymnosperm database. Ah. That these are not technically trees. Okay. What is your reasoning? The reasoning that I would use would just come with what they have said. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you their, their argument. I quote, Finally, we observe that these giant taxodium are not really trees because they do not have trunks. In every case, they have extremely large root systems and comparably large live crowns with essentially no trunk. They could be described as the world's largest shrubs. Oh my God. Because there's no, there, there is this, this main thing. But even if you look at the picture, so I, I saw this and I was like, what? No. No. And then I started looking at pictures of like the Tule Uh-oh. tree. And they got I was to like, you? I was like, wait a second. Okay. This is just one big, gigantic <sighs> group of limbs that all come up and kind of fuse together. And they also noted that these branches, um, they have a, uh, the way they grow they, they don't just have like, you have it growing up and then you have a limb coming out that's more or less a cylinder. This looks more like you just have this one rib that just comes out and grows up and out. Yeah, it's kind of like a fountain pattern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think my argument would be that the, the stem is not differentiated from the limbs. Mm. Therefore, you cannot say that there is two different things. They are one thing the way that a, uh, a coralus or a uh, um, hazelnut, a filbert tree, 
would grow up where you have right. the branches come from the ground and kind of arch outwards. So you could say, okay, those are the stems, but they don't differentiate into secondary limbs. They just keep growing up and out and become the canopy. Here's my rebuttal to this nonsense. Your honor. <laughs> um, that if the quote branches, uh-huh, <laughs> are touching each other mm-hmm. near the ground. Yeah. That is a stem. But then as they don't become not the stem, then there's no branches. Say that again. So basically you're saying, give me your argument one more time. That was it. Oh, uh, again? Yeah. Your honor... It starts with your honor every time. That the, quote, branches that are coming out of the ground, if they touch each other near the near the soil. Yeah. And are, com- quote, compacted. Okay. Growing extremely close to each other. Sure. That that is a stem. Okay. And then does that stem grow up and have branches? Because they grow up and out and then don't differentiate into something that is different than the stem. So maybe this is just all stems and no branches. Oh, my God. I don't know. But like. Your honor. Sustained. Casey wins this argument. Alex. You know me as an honorable man. <laughs> well, as, a, as an honorable man, Alex, you gotta, you got, we have to exercise. We have to, we have to consider this argument. Do you think, uh, do you think in, in Southern courtrooms before they had air conditioning that it was like, look at, look at this lawyer. He's, he's sweating. Yeah. And he would be like, it's a hundred degrees in here. Like, what are you talking about? What, are you kidding me? And they thought everybody was lying. Suit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one actually lied. So uh, it was a lot funnier in my head. Yeah. Uh, I think it. I think it's funny. Yeah, it's just fine. to be clear. So I don't know. This is this is something that really threw me off. That I was like, no, that's dumb. Here's the question. Okay. So if we have a hazelnut, this Coriolis tree, it is growing up, and it's like 15 different individual stems. They're all maybe five inches wide. They just kind of go whoop, and they go up and out and they create this, this splay from the ground. Like you said, a, a kind of fountain looking thing. Sure. This tree does the same thing, but all those branches get bigger and bigger and bigger and slowly but surely become this one giant conglomerate of a big stem. I understand. I think they're relying too much on morphology. And to quote Maury Povich, the DNA test says you are a tree. There's, but tree, Alex, as we've talked about many times, is just a state of mind. It's both. It's both a state of mind and a factual being? Of course. Well, your honor, you're going to listen to this? (laughs) This nonsense? Here comes Boo Radley. Walking in, I forget what that movie's about. Um, so <laughs> that is a character in To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes, that's as, that's as far as I remember yeah. that he exists in that book. Um, okay, so I think it's like a, a tree. We've talked about this, Casey. L- lowercase t 
yeah. tree versus it, uppercase T tree. Okay. But I believe that a tree can be both. All right. So this is not only three things at once. Mm-hmm. God, the spirit, and the son of the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it is also two things at once, a tree and a shrub. Yeah, or I think it's strictly a tree. So it's strictly a tree. But it's a lowercase s shrub, but it's an uppercase T shrub I would, tree. I would switch that and make it a lowercase tree, uppercase shrub. That's fine. But could we not say, would you not love to be able to say the world's largest diameter plant uh-huh. is a shrub <sighs> that happens to be 124 feet tall? I would not love to say it. <laughs> I would. Go look at a picture of it. <clears throat> the thing is is like almost wider than it is tall. In fact, it's, it that, is. Yes, yeah. The branches go out 144 feet. That's fair. It only gets 124 feet tall. Yet the stem itself is like 38 feet in diameter. So going through is almost 40 feet, which means you have 50 feet of branch on either side. Rather, no, probably, yeah, on either side, I guess, excess. I don't know. Past I, the stem. Yeah. And there's no, there's no like very obvious mm. like differentiation. So like the, the morphology, the morphology does to me represent something more akin to a large shrub. I have to say though, Alex. That's okay. I think that this is just another example of a situation that we have uncovered here on Completely Arbitrary. Wow. The world's most foremost investigatory journalistic <laughs> enterprise. It goes vice and then us. Exactly. It's really, and vice is going out of business. So really, come on. Yeah, oh, this is shit. all we have left. It goes the failing New York Times. <laughs> and completely and arbitrary. Um, okay. I think, well, I think that this is another example of a definition that just does not, does not stand up to scrutiny. Like we've, we've learned trees, shrubs. What's the difference? Tree, not tree, palm, what's the difference? Shrub, gigantic shrub, weird looking tree. Yeah. Thing that in every way someone would look at and be like, oh my God, that's a tree. It's one of the weirdest looking trees I've ever seen. I don't know. What about a, what about, what about a banyan tree? We call it a banyan tree, Uh but it has like 6,000 stems. Well, those are roots, right? Yeah, but then they become stems when they hit the ground. <laughs> so would not we uh, consider that to be a shrub because it doesn't have a single stem supporting one big canopy? The only the only problem with all this, Casey, is that you're not speaking with a southern accent. Yeah, you're right. Now, now, <laughs> judge, I think we need to consider the fact here. Like Foghorn Leghorn. That the banyan <clears throat> tree, I say, I say the banyan tree. <laughs> not oh even a tree God. tall. Yeah. I well, I, I think it's, you know, I will say this, this tree is rife with, uh, controversy, uh, uh objection leading the witnesses. You can't call <laughs> it a tree trying to convince us that it's a tree. Uh, I can call it whatever I damn well, please you dirty bastard. I rest my case. Yeah. I think it's, I think <laughs> it's uh, I think it's a tree. I think anything that, that I, I, I am shocked that the foremost uh, the foremost authority on gymnosperms on the, on the internet today, yeah, the gymnosperm database, right. is calling this not a tree. Yeah. It's on the gymnosperm database. It is, but that's the thing. They they're just doing things that produce conifers or have rather naked seeds. 
that's it. Well, Casey, that's interesting, and I find it especially interesting that our first tree, I will say, capital and lowercase, <laughs> on our summer vacation, you is apparently not a tree at all. Maybe not. Casey, this is too much for me. We got to give our review yeah. of this tree, but we got to do it after a break. I need to walk around the block. Yeah, go take go take a second. I need a pastrami sandwich. Hey, you got to go outside, smoke a cigarette, breathe a little bit. Yeah, and like, quick, oh my God. Quick call to my wife to yeah, tell exa- her I love her. <laughs> exactly. And then we'll see you in here for closing arguments. <laughs> we'll be right back with Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary Summer Vacation. Today we talked the Montezuma Cypress, more specifically the Arbol de Tule, the old man of the water. That's right. Casey, it is time for our review of this tree, and here's how it works. Okay. We're going to give some final thoughts and then give it a rating of 0 to 10, Golden Cones of Honor. However... In honor of our summer vacation, oh. I think we should give it zero to ten golden passport stamps of honor. Wow. All right. <laughs> Something that really just rolls off the tongue. It really does. Golden my, passport stamps of honor. My backup was um, sunscreened noses of honor. <laughs> okay. I uh, I like I like either one. So. And, the, and the stamps are a stump of a, stumps of approval. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Passport so we, stumps. Okay. All right. That's fair. We can do that. Okay. Casey, as our resident expert, we will begin with you. I think this is a tree. Good. I give this 9.2. Fuck yeah, baby. I might go 9.3 because... <gasps> wow, how can I get you there? This is this is how I, it's going to get me there. 9.3 because this tree ha- also lives for a really long time. Oh, yeah. So they have like the... the they do the shit. I'm going to go 9.5. Oh, my God. I'm going 9.5. <laughs> Golden Passport Stamps of Honor. What do I got to do to get you at a 9.7 today? At a 9.7? You know what? <laughs> get me a nice bottle of whiskey. Wow. I'm just kidding. That won't put me anywhere near 9.7. I got to stick with 9.5. I'm going to stick with 9.5. Okay. Uh, because... There has to be a little asterisk where you can hear someone, that devil on my shoulder, saying to me, it's a shrub. And I think that's kind of funny. So I... Fair enough. As a, as shrubs go, if I'm giving this shrub oh. golden passports of honor, 10 out of 10. Easy 10. This is the best shrub I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Crushes all shrubs. Yeah. Coming in at a hard number two, a rhododendron. Oh, beautiful. I like rhododendrons. I think they're very nice. They're lovely. So this this tree, I think, is it, it, it's incredible. Obviously, it's the you go in front of this, the room we're standing in, and your kitchen, yeah. and your bathroom, and yeah. most your hallway. I live in a studio apartment. Completely inside this tree, your next door neighbors also <laughs> would fit inside of this tree. Hell yeah! So anyway, it's it's pretty incredible, is what I'm saying. Yes. And what was your score? Nine point five golden cones of honor. Nine point five. Yes, golden cones of honor for the Montezuma Cypress. Montezuma. Montezuma. <laughs> Montezuma Cypress. Montezuma Cypress from dendrologist Dendrohalija Awawete. <laughs> K- 
Casey Klein. I'm really practicing how to say that. It's, it's good. I had no idea. Like I looked at the word and mm-hmm. I'm like, how how do you pronounce that? It's hey man, insane. one letter at a time. Uh, actually, it's more like two and a half. <laughs> anyway, Alex, what are your thoughts on this tree? Wow. I love the Montezuma cypress. Okay. I love its distinction um, from the bald cypress. It, you, I, I think that whole history is like really yeah. interesting and shows a lot of pride mm-hmm. in this tree. Mm-hmm. Shows a lot of pride in something that, you know, is a part of nature, which mm-hmm. I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Like I like when somebody's really like somebody from the Appalachians, the Appalachians <clears throat> is like, I'm so, I'm so proud of this land and I, I love being a part of it. Yeah. And that's the vibe I get from the, the, uh, the, the bit, the bit of a, a sordid past with this tree. Oh, I see. Basically because everyone's like, you know what, this, this has so much cultural, yeah. uh, weight behind it that that's bled into the scientific yes. like, description of it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's I think pretty, that's really cool. That's pretty intense. It shows the. Power of love. Wow, it sure does. Uh, <laughs> I also, I was thinking about this, Casey. Mm-hmm. This tree, you know, part of uh, colonialism yeah. is the destruction of the culture um, of of the uh, the culture of the people that you are colonizing. Yeah, right. Correct. Kind of by its nature. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really fascinating and says a lot that this tree survived Spanish colonialism. Yeah. Um, the Spanish revere it, or the, you know, re- the, the colonizers revered it in a similar way yeah. that the native people did. Kind of shows the power of the tree itself. It, it kind of shows the power of love. <laughs> there's got to be a third uh, one now. We got to do, we got to make a third one. There's no, there's no possible way. <laughs> It's not the rule of twos. Anyway, I am giving this tree oh, 9.3. 9.3. Because I love this tree. It's an incredible tree. In you, fact. You know what it has, Alex? My score kind of shows the power of love. I don't even know what that song is. <laughs> to be very honest with you. <laughs> You're seeing Back to the Future, my man? You know, I have. It's been a long time. Yeah. And I am actually going to be doing a Back to the Future themed Frisbee tournament this weekend. You got to brush up on your Back to the Future. Yes, I will. Well, I yeah, I missed the the showing, unfortunately. What do you mean? Well, our team did a, a little showing, I think, last week. Like so a skit? We, yeah, no, no, no. Like we went over and went to one person's house uh. and watched the, watched the movie Back to the Future. Oh, oh, oh. A sh- okay, I see. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I, unfortunately... Had to miss it. Well, I hope that you can do your own little, you know, viewing party. Me too. Party Me of too. one. Yeah. And pop like a ton of popcorn <laughs> and then just like nibble away uh, at it. Slowly but surely, eyes wide, <laughs> screen just in my eyes. I always think about Michael Scott when he says um, that nobody ever comes to his parties. Yeah. He's like, And he's like, the amount of leftover guacamole I have thrown away. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Eat all that guacamole, Michael. Poor Michael. Yeah. Um, Hey, that was our review of the Montezuma Cypress. We hope you enjoyed it. Casey. Alex. It's time. For you. Ooh. To play a song. (laughs) What? Uh, The Power of Love? I'm so sorry. Yeah, that that is not the song. Uh, There is a tradition we do every time there is two trees that are above 9.0. Oh, my God. 
God. Wow. Wow, everybody. Do, did you ever think that I, Casey Clapp, needed to tell Alex it's time to play a song? That's just not how it works. It's just not how it works. Alex is looking around this little apartment trying to find this melodica. I'm going to vamp for it. He says he doesn't know where it is, which means he's got to play it on a guitar. Uh-oh. This guitar has a broken-ass string. This is really exciting. Casey. Um, Alex. Because I can't find my melodica, we're going to have to play on this on my guitar. Do you know how, uh, you can do that? Sure. Oh, my God. Look at him. He's not even, like, questioning. He's like, well, yeah, duh. It's easy. It's like, What? Oh my God! Um, so this weekend, this last weekend, I I went to uh, my my friend's property called Bubba Wood, yeah, and played this big communal open mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that that friend's Kyle Glenn, by the way. Yes, well, it's not his property. Oh, I see, I see. Anyway, Kyle my, Glenn, friend of the pod, he did a bunch of our photos. Yes, that's right. Um, my friends Scott and Kay, who yeah. I, I can I think I can safely call my friends. Nice, all right. Yeah, they. I, um, I want to I want to have you like uh, uh, like. Um, under duress or under danger, call someone your friends. I can safely do this. I want, uh, you, I want you to do it like with a little bit of risk involved. Now, all right. Well, yeah, I guess that is how I feel. <laughs> um, so I played this open mic and I played a song and I was, I was playing away and suddenly I felt a, what felt like a string break. Okay. But it was like, I, the string was still playing, but it was like really, really, really low. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, something happened. Okay. This has never happened to me before. My bridge pin on that on that string popped out. Whoa! This part here, Casey. Yeah, 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 yeah. This just popped out of the bridge. Weird. Um. So the string, you can put the string back and just re rewire it. So to speak. Uh, ideally, I think I'm gonna. I might have to. I'm re- just restring it. I might wow. be able to use the same string. I'm not sure. Cool. Um. But it left it woefully out of tune. I had to finish the song that way. Yeah. It was well, embarrassing. This is live music at its <laughs> finest. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm really excited to hear you do this uh, with uh, with this. You know, it's just um, what is it? It's just it's the same same letters, right? A B C D E. Yeah, man. F. It'll take a little G. brain power to do it live, but is there F minor, F major? F is F sure. is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. goes to the, it doesn't skip F and you just go straight to G. <laughs> no, there's an F. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks. A B C D E F G, baby. All right. That's the power of love, uh, music. So yes, this is our this is our uh, we induct the Montezuma Cypress into the Golden Arboretum of Honor because we both rated it a nine plus. Exactly, we honor you. We honor you. That was beautiful. There you go. Oh, my God. I just cannot even believe that you can do that so easily. You magicians. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Musicians. Oh, my God. I couldn't couldn't say it differently. Musicians. Musicians are magicians. Wow. I'm just, I can't, like, I I get it. The fundamentals are there, but the the action of it. Yeah. I don't agree. It's magic, and I don't don't agree with it. In fact, I fear it to the point where I almost want to just destroy that guitar because (laughs) I... I'm concerned it has some black magic in it. Please don't. All right. That was our review. 
of the Montezuma Cypress. Casey, it's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. All right. What do we got today, Alex? Well, as always, we are taking this question from our Patreon. If you want to get a question on the episode, go to patreon.com slash arbitrary pod. And you can join the Q&A tier. That's Quercus and Alder at just three bucks a month. And if we don't get to your question on a mainline episode, we do regular patron-exclusive Q&A episodes. You will surely be answered of that, your query. That is right. Casey, this week our question comes from Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. hey says Katie. A more philosophical question here. Are mm. trees using their leaves as a snorkel? Oh, God. Or are they wearing the earth as shoes? I've heard this question before. <laughs> cheers, homies, says Katie. Well, cheers, Katie. It's a fine question. Yeah, Casey. He's going to come to us sometime. <laughs> Casey is, has, his, uh, has his hands on his hips and is shaking his head like, it's uh, where do I even begin? Where do I even begin? Well, let's begin at the beginning, Casey. Okay. There is a TikTok going around. Yes. A salacious rumor. Just horrible. Of this guy who's like, think about this. All right. Are trees using the are leaves as a snorkel or do they have their feet in the ground as shoes? Man. And the comments are sounding off. <laughs> uh, I, I also saw a video, but it was much more, uh, it, it was much more, or it was much less, this is the first time I've been high. And more, uh, <laughs> more like, uh, what's up, bro? Here's the thing. You guys have to answer. Just give me the things. Like, very, yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking. Of. Okay, gosh. Okay. This is a very like, I'm 14 and this is deep. Do you uh, know that yeah, subreddit? I, I know, but I, I gotta check that out. I'm 14 it's, and this is deep. It's self-explanatory. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so there, there is this dichotomy here. Yes. A forced dichotomy. Yes. And we, we don't like that as yes, a rule. Right. So you and I, we kind of ruminated on this question a little bit already yeah yeah we, we decided that yes well this is forcing us to make this uh uh what, what is the game that people play it's the would you rather yes kind of yeah like both options suck right so it's like well i guess if i have to pick the lesser of two weevils then i will weevils yeah that was from a uh, master and commander you remember that movie wow yeah, with to... russell crowe yes with russell crowe <laughs> what is all these brussel bro uh, brussel bro yeah dude that's good um anyway yeah yes so i think that this is presenting a false dichotomy where there's like it's a the the premise is you can look at this one way or rather the dress is gold or the dress is blue kind right. of thing. Right. Yeah. There are two answers. You can't no one's going to be like, "Oh, the dress is actually an off-white gray." Well, like, I'm surprised you know yeah. that reference, honestly. Thank you. I'm actually I'm pretty good on the internet, Alex. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Nice job. I only learned about it last week. <laughs> I love the idea that you're like bringing this up like it's brand new. <laughs> it's from 2012. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I, that is like, am I right? Or am I kind of giving you or saying the way you feel a little uh, bit? Yeah, basically I, I, you know, it's not, it's not fun to answer this way, Yeah, but we're like, eh, we don't want to play that game. We're not going to play your game. Yeah. We are not a part of your system. But let's maybe explain for people who don't know yes. the two sides and what it really means, what they're really trying to say with yes. this. I appreciate the idea of saying, we're not going to do this, but to humor you, we're going to do this. Right. But really, uh, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. This, this is, is off this the record. Undone. Off the record. Mm -hmm. Everyone take your headphones off. Okay. <laughs> so uh, so the idea is that um, like it, you take it from like a fish, for example. A fish 
is uh, there's a joke. It's like a little comic. Mm. It says um, it's like two fish, and one fish says like um, something about water, and then the other fish is like, "What the fuck is water?" Just as if we are up in air. Air is normal for us. When we go underwater, it's weird. Right. Same thing for fish. You just reverse it. Fish are like, air? What is that? That's that's just like the up there. Water. Oh, 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 I see. Yes, water is their normal. You know, right. It's their existing medium. Uh-huh. So the question is, um, from one perspective, water is weird and air is normal. From the other perspective, it's opposite. Mm-hmm. So with this, it's the same kind of thing. Is the tree living in the ground with its head in the air, which is weird to it, or is it living in the air with its feet in the ground, which would be also, you know, the flipped reverse. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Which right? I think I think I mean when you describe that, it's like, well, yeah, that's false because trees live all over. They're in both at the same yes. time. They're yeah. the whole thing from the tip of the deepest root to the tip of the highest leaf. Yeah. It's all alive. Yeah. And like a fish or a human in the opposite environment is 100% in the opposite environment. It Mm -hmm. never, there is no human that lives in a sense that is required half in water, half in air. Right. And same thing for fish. You know, sometimes people can go and hold their breath and go underwater. Some fish can come out of water and live for a little while and then go back down. Mm-hmm. Trees do both at the same time. They have literal different parts doing the two different things functionally as a literal essence of their being. Wow. So it's a little bit like, I don't know. So give me give me the the rundown again. What are our two options here? So Casey, the thing is, do the do the trees live underground and then use the above ground part as a snorkel? Yes. Or do they live above ground and is wearing the earth as shoes? It's just this is just stupid. Sorry. That's okay. You know what? No, our patron our patron asked this question and we respect it. No, I just mean the whole premise is, is oh, silly. Yeah. So I. It basically, like the guy says, I think at the end of the video, he's like, you have to, you have to pick size. You can't, you can't do both. Yeah. So if it was me, then the snorkel would be in, they would be living underground and the snorkel would be in the air. And I say this because if you cut a tree off at the base, many trees will grow back. Right. So I, I think I brought this up saying, if you cut off the thing that we know as the tree, then what we don't see is still there and still alive and will come back up. So a tree can live without the top, but it cannot live without the bottom. If you take that top part you just cut off and you put it in the ground, the tree will die. Yes. So if I had to choose, I would say it lives underground, yet it puts up this uh, this top thing as a, quote, snorkel. I think I'm with you, Case. Yeah, you are? Yeah, I think the way you described it is perfect, that if you cut off a tree, if you cut a tree down... The cut, the part that falls down is going to die. Yeah. But the part that's still in the ground is going to live. Yes. Because that's where, that's where trees grow from. They yeah. grow from the ground up. I think that's very fair. So that I, yeah, there we go. There you hey, go. We're on the same page, Alex. When does that happen? Well, most every week. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Hey, if you've got a question for us, like I said, join up on the Patreon. Or if you just want to support this podcast at all, that's, a, that's the best place to do it. For five bucks a month. You can get two bonus episodes every single month. And of course, above that, Casey, is the Cone of the Month Club. Oh, yeah. Ten bucks a month, and you get a unique die-cut cone sticker. God, I love those stickers. (laughs) They're great. We've got so many of them now. 
Yeah, honestly, what's exciting about that is that if you join the Cone of the Month Club, you get access to the Cone of the Month Club store, which is hidden and secret. We give a new password out every month. That's right. You can go down and you can find all the cones from all of our previous months. So it's very exciting. It's the best way to do it. What is that? 26 now? 26. 26. Pretty amazing. Wild. Start your own cone collection through the Cone of the Month Club. Your very own Arboretum. That's right. Mm. Your Arboretum of honor uh above that is our live stream tier arbitrary plus every month you get two live streams one with me playing a game a video game tree or nature themed and one with casey and i doing a whole host of things that's right um casey i think last week you suggested like an interactive like clue game oh yeah yeah, um, yeah which i'm i'm very excited about yeah that that will be a, a production yeah i think we got to do that in the winter time when everyone's just inside doesn't want to go outside yeah and we have enough time because i'm also inside not outside to actually come up with how that game will work we will have to hire a sort of slugworth to our wonka and have him deliver these these envelopes to people oh yeah i was thinking more like um uh glass onion where oh yes they just everyone gets this emailed or this mailed package <laughs> and people have to figure out what it is digital puzzle box yeah exactly Except um, it's gonna be quite analog <laughs> just to be very clear you have to print it all out and put papers on a bed above that is generous admission it starts at twenty dollars a month but you can go to anything you want and it's just the uh it's the platinum tier casey it's the best that's right it's the biggest way to support the podcast we appreciate all of our patrons patreon.com slash arbitrary pod kc clap alex cross we made it to the end of another episode and can i tell you guys uh because you know you know ologies at the end of every episode mm-hmm. she she tells a secret you're, you're oh, familiar with this? Yes. You're going to tell the secret. I'm going to tell a secret. Tell, oh, yeah. Go for it. Uh, we actually stopped recording this last <laughs> week because there are folks painting in the uh, in your building. Yes. So if you listen very closely, uh, well, actually, no, I think we cut all that out. Maybe. Maybe. If you're very lucky, you could hear a, a sander in the background every yep. now and then. So when it got too loud, when they were literally on your door... <laughs> We were like, okay, we got to stop. Yeah. So the secret is we, we, uh, if my voice sounds different, it's because I had a whole tournament last weekend and my, then I did a tour at Hoyt Arboretum. So my voice feels ragged. I see. And you sang this whole weekend. So I'd be curious yeah. if, uh, if you're listening to the first part and then if you can find the moment right. when we switched over to record this week. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> and it's not like we took a break and then came back. Yeah. It's like right in the middle of a sentence, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it'll be like, a, 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 a hey, this is kind of a precursor to a fun little interactive mystery game. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, if you find the mystery, send the letter to the address. <laughs> You'll know what that means when the time is right. You'll know exactly. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Arbitrary Summer Vacation. We will see you next time. Goodbye. See you guys. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. 
and find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening.